In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And if you're just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit going on in the news. Brought to you by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Which is us. Uh, this is our, I can't believe we didn't have an episode yesterday. I mean, I can. We talked all about it, but. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And, you know, True. people, you know, today they get to hear. Yes, like, now we get to react to all of it. Exactly. And, you know, well, it will be a little more of a deeper analysis exactly. because we've been thinking about it for two days now. Yeah, I'm not sure I've been thinking about any anything else. But so as we know. Kamala Harris has become the first black woman to be nominated as a running mate on a major party ticket. First person of Indian descent. She would be the first woman vice president. She would be the first Asian vice president. She would be the first black vice president. How are we feeling? How has it settled? Um, When they announced it, um, I was, to be honest, a a little bit like numb to the announcement because they had just been talking about it the whole day, um, waiting for it for weeks. And, but the next morning I woke up and I was like, that's, this is a really big deal. This yeah. is great. And also because I was a – Kamala was like my my number one choice. She was the first person I supported mm-hmm. um, in the Democratic primary. So I'm really happy. I am a big fan of Kamala Harris. I think she was a good choice. I think the only reason I, – I have my thoughts on why it happened the way that it did. But overall, I'm very happy. How are you feeling? I feel the same. I mean, I'm, I'm like you where I, um, I don't have – I love Kamala. I know all of the issues with her, um, but she is like my, one of my favorite people on the world. I just love everything about her. Um, I loved her when she was running and like, that's can be controversial. I I understand, but it's like, I just can't help but stand. I cannot help but stand. I just think she's the, she's so cool and so smart and so awesome and has had an incredible life. Um, And yeah, I think that it's like, I felt the same way with the announcement too, but it's easy to forget that just because she was the obvious choice, it's like, it's still a historic choice. Right. Well, that's almost why I feel like they played this whole like game because people were talking about her as the possible choice before he was even the VP. He was even the pick. So even when she was running, people were like, she'd make a great VP for Joe Biden. Like, that, right. was, that has always been a narrative. So, like, I think they needed to sort of knock her down to build her up post-announcement because it, if she was the event, like, the obvious choice the whole time and then, then they just announced it, like, they might not have been able to, like, make as big of a moment out of it. So part of me feels like they were just toying with us this yeah. whole time. Totally. Yeah. And, I mean, so I was reading this political story, a Politico story about um, – 
basically how this all went down. And it sounded like, like she and her surrogates knew that she was the front runner. And so they were pretty like hands off. They weren't doing like a big lobbying campaign right away. They were like, it's everybody seems to think she's the clear choice and we'll let Joe make the decision he's going to make. And then when all of that rude stuff came out from like Chris Dodd and all of those people saying that she's too ambitious and that she didn't show enough remorse, that's when they were like, um, this is not okay. What is going on? Because that's, we've talked about this, like that was what was frustrating about it lasting so long was it was just like, when there are no updates, this is the problem with the 24 hour news cycle period is that there are no meaning, when there are no meaningful updates, you will invent them. And so you just invent weird like fights, but not fights, but like differences and disparities between individual women that do, that reduce them to nothing and that are not real. And it was annoying. Honestly, though, I don't think that's the fault of the 24 hour news cycle. I think that's the laziness of the media because there's yeah. so much shit they For should sure. be investigating. Also, the fact that media is like suffers from lack of resources um, is also a huge problem because um, a lot of this requires like heavy investigation, but there is so much to be investigating yeah. in terms of corruption at every level, every branch, every agency of the Trump administration. You can find something that they are doing to somehow hamper the and dismantle the entire, the entirety of our institution. So there's plenty true. To, to fill the 24-hour news cycle. What they think is that the American people would rather watch The Bachelor for vice president and yeah. so that's what they keep playing yeah. it's their choice like to do it it's a bad choice but that is uh what totally. they choose so yeah you're right you're right it is a 24-hour news cycle but like this is not the time in history where that's a problem like there's plenty to fill 24 hours they're with. very set in their yeah. ways and that's because the make like the makeup of of the top of media is all white men who are like heavy into like the norms of their institutions and the, yeah. and the way that we go about coverage and getting ratings when frankly, I think that like investigating the vast amounts of corruption is much more interesting. Like there are Netflix. Why do people watch Netflix, Netflix documentaries, turn the fucking news into Netflix documentaries about what they're doing to our, what the Trump administration is doing to our government. And then, you know, Mm-hmm. that might work. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool though. I was like, it was fortuitous timing that I have not like looked forward to or enjoyed watching the news in a long time. And I have found myself looking forward to watching Joy Reid every night. Her show is great and she has great guests who she has a great rapport with. And it was like, it just was really special to be able to like have her covering that moment with like Maxine Waters coming on and all of these like really amazing people. Um, yeah, it's a definitely an amazing moment, a historic moment. I think also it's starting to sink in that like it could she could be vice president and then president. Oh like, yeah. I'm sure she's already in her head. She like, knows that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. you know, part of it is on like detangling the inherent misogyny that like we all sort of have because like I'll even say this morning I was thinking, I was like, I wonder who's gonna be her stylist. Yeah. I know. Why am I thinking about that? Right, right. I know. It's definitely like a balance. It's also like I did a poll on Twitter and Instagram asking how people felt about referring to her as Kamala. Um, and I saw it was that, about, yeah. about seven, I did one on Twitter too. On both platforms, about 70% of people said it's fine as long as you're also saying Joe. Um, yeah. And then 30% of people said it is disrespectful. I'm of the view where if it's a shorthand that's like clearly wanted and appreciated, like nobody was going around saying Secretary Clinton. No. You know, and I don't think that would have been good for her camp. I mean, Hillary is a loaded word, no matter what. But like, 
Yeah, so I think I, I'm fine with using Kamala. I think sometimes Senator Harris works best, but the, the thing I try to be most careful about is just not not referring to a man by their title when you're not for a woman. Yeah. But, I mean, um, I feel like I refer to all these people by like exactly. first names anyway, like no matter who they are. So yeah. Yeah. But like into her face, I would not refer to her. I would refer to her as Senator Harris. Yeah. Right. Oh, of course. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 But I mean, people are having- um, Hopefully I is- will get to refer to her to her face one day when she hopefully comes on this podcast. So like, please DM her everyone and let her yeah. know you want to come on. Right. I mean, some people seem to be having a hard time pronouncing her easily pronounceable name. She addresses in her book, we've no, it's Kamala. It's like comma, but la. She says this constantly. Uh, Tucker Carlson this week pretended he couldn't pronounce her name. Um, and then just like willfully kept missing, mispronouncing it. And it's like- Trump also. Trump. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, really? All that's, of- that's, it's like he had no problem pronouncing Ghislaine. Because they're best friends. Because they're best friends. You can pronounce your best friend's name. Right. No matter how weird it is. Yeah. I mean, it's my biggest pet peeve when people are like, or like YouTubers or stuff are like, I'm sure I've gotten names wrong before. So it's a pet peeve, but it's definitely something I've done. It's when YouTubers are like, I'm going to butcher this name. It's like, go on fucking YouTube then and look up how to say this person's name and be respectful. Don't just like come on there and be like, oh. I really, no, I look up, if there's a name that I don't know exactly how to say it, I put it in YouTube and I make, and I put it in YouTube and I watch several versions of videos to make sure I'm saying it right because it's somebody's name. It's really rude if you can't even be bothered to learn how to say it. Well, these people believe in locking children in cages, so right. I don't think they really care about respecting the pronunciation. Of yeah, her. the point is for them to display that they don't respect her at all. Yeah, it's purposeful disrespect. Right, right. They're also claiming that she epitomizes the radical left, which would I think would be news to the radical left. Truly. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm hearing. Uh, Herman Cain is tweeting from beyond the grave that <laughs> she sucks. Yeah. Did you see the email that the Trump campaign sent yesterday? That's literally like the burn book. Oh, it says, it's like, it literally says Kamala is the meanest, most horrible person ever. The nastiest skank bitch I've ever met. Put it in the book. Not trust her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. 
Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Yeah, I mean, they, they're going to try anything and their, their favorite now seems to be birtherism. Um, I'm sure the Russian bot farms will be all over this one in a hot second. Um, so basically what they're, they're claiming that she's not eligible to be VP, which makes no sense because she was born in Oakland, California, which automatically makes her an American citizen and satisfies the natural born citizen requirement in the, in article two of the constitution. But they're, what they're using to question this is that at the time of her birth, neither parent was a naturalized citizen, but that doesn't matter. It's like bizarre reading that nobody takes seriously of the lawyers listening are probably like, eh, some people talk about it a lot, but it's like, just because a lot of people talk about it who are smart doesn't mean that something has to be taken seriously. Those people have the guy. So basically right. this all revolves. This started with, this is going to come out anyway, but Newsweek published an op-ed by this lawyer who incidentally uh, tried to run for her. He ran against her for attorney general. He lost his Republican primary and she ended up winning the seat, but like they didn't even include that. It's very bizarre reading into certain and in the, into the constitutional language about like if her parents weren't subject to the full jurisdiction of the country because they weren't didn't have full citizenship, then therefore she was not. And it's like this also would have disqualified like five presidents that we've had. Right. I mean, when they were considering Tammy Duckworth, they didn't pick her right. because she was born in Bangkok. Right. And, this and they did anyway. that it would become a thing. And that yeah. the American people would not like, you know. Right, right. They're not the American people, constitutional scholars, constitutional scholars. We are not. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Generally. funniest thing of of the reactions to her are just like how they are just epitomize the Trump administration itself. It's like you guys will be in danger if we elect her. The country will be the laughing stock of the country. Didn't he and say like, the other day that like he's protecting suburban moms from Cory Booker? Yes, from the invasion of Cory Booker. <laughs> what? It's so First gross. Cory Booker is like the like least intimidating guy, like in terms of his like affect. I know. Just... He's literally the most loving person. Yeah. His, his like campaign slogan was like love. I'm a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he had the best response to that, which was um he just said spelled Donald Trump's wrong in response in response. Right, because Donald spelled his name wrong. Yeah, yeah. I go, yeah, you can't spell, you can't pronounce Kamala, you can't spell Corey. It's just insane that you still, I mean, I refuse to have these conversations with people anymore. 
trying to convince them this is about anything other than racism. It's just like, it's not a good faith argument. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk to you about it anymore. But I wanted to like share a few fun facts that I came across about Kamala as, as we've been learning more about her, because my favorite thing about her is that she's like really cool. Yeah, she is genuinely. Her outfits. I mean, this is the thing. I'm also like how to cover her. Like, I want to cover her outfits because they're awesome, but they're they're irrelevant. They don't matter. But like, I want to wear a blue suit with a t-shirt and Chuck Taylor every day of my life now. Well, she's, I just feel that she's like, she's a dynamic person. And, yeah. and her style is reflective of that, which is why I personally care about her style as a means of her self-expression, mm-hmm. which is relevant to who she is as a, as a leader. Um, that's a good way of putting it. She's, she, there's a lot of very interesting pieces about her. Yeah. You were, you were going to share. Well, yeah. I mean, one funny thing I read was that she, uh, she might've refused to let Kimberly Guilfoyle work in the DA's office. So this is the woman who's now uh, married to, or they're just dating Donald Trump Jr. Uh, apparently Harris was in charge of the department that Guilfoyle, who was at the time, my favorite fact also married to Gavin Newsom. So weird. So weird. There's like really weird, like sexy photos. photos I saw. Yeah. They're really weird. So the two of them, apparently, Guilfoyle and Harris had, like, a conversation that they're each interpreting differently. I was reading about this in a very, it was written in a very sexist way, a 2012 article in, like, the San Francisco Chronicle or something. Um, and it was definitely, this article was not written in it. It was written in it intentionally to be like, oh, look at these women gossips. But I still found it funny that Kamala was maybe like, hey, you're not, like, welcome here. <laughs> According to Guilfoyle, that's what Kamala Harris said to her. Like, we don't, it sounded like it was like, we don't have a budget. Harris says that she basically called to offer her support. I can see how that may have gone either way, but I just love that Harris was like, no, thank you, and was right. Right. Good choice, because now she's dating the devil son junior, demon sperm junior. Yes, yes. I also realized when we wrote up right after the announcement, um, we just wrote up a quick bio of, of Kamala Harris, and I realized afterwards that we did not include who she was married to, but I was like, that's kind of oh. radical that we didn't even occur to us. Oh, I know. I've met him. Um, oh, really? He's great. Yeah, my my friend worked with him in before, like, two, a year ago, two years ago, and they like are tight because like nice. whatever. And then we went to a com a fundraiser for Kamala, and she like introduced me to oh, Really? Oh, I remember that now. I remember yeah. that. Now. I think he would be one of the. Fr- I mean, he's Jewish, which is cool. He is. Yeah. So she's yeah. There's that's what he brings to the really, table. She's interesting. <laughs> And her, my, her sister, my Harris is also like a powerhouse. And I just like love the idea of like a Kamala Harris presidency and like her sister Maya is her chief of staff. Like they're, she's just equally smart and capable and like badass. Um, yeah. And I think she was like a big part of Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. You can see her a lot um, in the documentary that Hulu did about it. She's also amazing. I think she helped manage. I think she did manage Senator Harris's campaign. You can also like kind of tell in the stories they talk about, like their mother, um, they were, it's clearly like they were raised to be very fearless, um, which I think is super important. You can, it's reflective of in her rhetoric, like how excited we would get when it would be her turn to question someone in a hearing. Yeah. Um, she just doesn't have time for bullshit. And I think it's because she's just a very... I, I don't want to say like worldly, but there's a lot of like inputs that have clearly gone into her background um, yeah. that have made her very, I think, well-equipped to lead because of how much of a broad perspective she has. Yeah. And I think maybe sometimes that gets misinterpreted as her being 
I don't know if the word, I guess moderate, which she is, but you're right. She's gotten inputs and perspectives from so many places that I think that she measures when reacting to things. Um, and I think that like, you could make an argument that like people like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, like they have a worldview and a direction that they are always um, amenable to be pulled in. And that's, that's really it for them. And I think she has, a, she's sort of a bit more open to input and feedback from all others and wants to like take it all in. And then she presents herself as a candidate and a person that can sort of address all of those concerns, which for some people that's a problem. Right. So when you talk about, okay, when we talk about these concerns that people have, because there are, what would you say are like the biggest points of that narrative just so that we can give voice to them? So maybe if someone doesn't, isn't aware of those, like what they are. I mean, the thing that always comes up is like her prosecutorial record, um, like times when I think she was unwilling to maybe like challenge police misconduct. I think there was one thing where, but I've also seen that there's plenty of misinformation. And I'm sure when you're like in a job without all of the context of what was, was happening, like there was one thing in particular that people don't like where um, she chose not to chime in on a debate about whether police discipline hearing should be public. And, you know, in retrospect, that seems like something that would probably be good. We don't like when police have their have their records shielded. There's also, and this seems like a different type of concern, but she had a big controversy when she chose not to seek the death penalty for somebody who had, I believe, killed a police officer. And that was very controversial. And even at that officer's funeral, people got up and denounced her for it, even though I think progressives generally oppose the death penalty. Uh, yeah. But she also votes with Bernie Sanders like 93% of the time or something. I believe she was sort of wavering on Medicare for all during her campaign, which was one of the, the issues with it. But I think the primary issues are that she had maybe opportunities when she was a prosecutor that people to really pursue a very progressive type of like prosecution that she did not or that she has claimed she wasn't really overseeing but she did have the authority to change the direction of things that she chose not to which any prosecutor you can find that in their record well what it sort of sounds like is that she is being criticized for her decision to be part of a systemically racist system and that sure. when you when you are like, okay, I'm going to enter that system. I'm going to be one of the, the links in the chain. It, you know, I think because it is so vast, the the amount yeah. of problems, it might seem easier to tackle than it really is. I don't, I don't know. Obviously, mm -hmm. I'm not part of that system. But what I, what it sounds like to me is that she. Yeah, the, the issue is that she chose to be part of that, and which then is why, the yeah, consequences of that. Which is why it's funny to me that people are like, "Oh, she should have just been attorney general." It's like you don't like her as a prosecutor, <laughs> and I you're know. saying that actually she should have been AG. Okay, I mean they're all good fake. Like I sent you a tweet yesterday that summed it up, and it was like, "I'm not gonna. I, I don't understand people who can't tell the difference between a set of imperfect candidates and literal fascism." Yeah. And you and I, I, I can speak for myself. I really love Kamala. I, I, I keep saying stand because it's like, I feel like you stand someone even when you know, I, I know and have interrogated and, and worked through the problems. And I, I don't have I've made peace with all of them. There are things that are not perfect, but it's like, I like a lot of people that aren't, I don't know. I just adore her. I'm a stand of hers. I'm a fan of hers. And it's exciting for me that she's part of this. So I'm definitely more willing to over, like there's a reason that, 
that did you I'm read more Ava- willing to overlook this than Amy Klobuchar's prosecutorial record. Right. Did you read Ava yeah. DuVernay's uh, caption this morning? Yes. So okay. Good. That is like, look, I'll here's here's, the, here's why I feel um, ill-equipped to weigh in, obviously, as white women. We yeah. We're not the ones who get to, you know, say this is fine or not. Right. But it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Right. So, exactly. It's very, it's like, like I said, I feel like I've made peace with her problems. However, it's not my piece to make because those things yeah. don't, I'm not affected by the criminal justice system in the same way that a lot of other voters are as black and yeah. brown voters are. So it's like, it's not really my forgiveness to give. And I see that and I'm trying to ingest and, and understand what that is and, and monitoring her. Like, I think she, I would absolutely criticize how she's reacted to some of those challenges to her record and she needs to do better there. But I'm not going to like be a dick about, oh, boo-hoo, this ticket sucks. That's not productive. It's not going to, like, don't tweet that. It's not going to help your friends that watch you on social media who are on the cusp of voting to just constantly say, like, oh, boo-hoo. That is good. Right, right. It's like, it's still, like, Joe Biden is factually coming. Do you think you're going to vote for them? I I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is why voting should be required. Of course I'm going to vote for him. Like, you should feel like you have to. Like, you should literally, like, you pretend that you have to. Literally, like, there is, t- I mean, look, there is no question, real question yeah. to me. I no mean, question. like, there's even little This is the ticket. Let's, right. There's no, okay, we can, like, relitigate this for, like, another week, 10 days or something. Just go read Ava DuVernay's caption about all the things Joe Biden and Kamala Harris did not do. Yes. Versus what you, is happening right now and what's going to continue happening. Elise put it a really good way on on Instagram. And I really respect Elise's perspective on this because Elise, and this is literally what she wrote, so I don't think I'm putting words in her mouth, like made a decision for herself that she was always going to vote for the most progressive person on a ticket, you know, as long as that person didn't have something else disqualifying them. And that's like, that's a perspective and that's a value that is like, okay, I, I understand that. And I'm even a little bit envy of this. Like, I, I wish I had such a clear worldview. And she was like, for this presidential election, that is Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. It is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think about necessarily that everyone has to go on like a, a, a scale, like a, like a scale of progressivism. Yeah. I think, again, there's more, there's things are more dynamic than like a linear, degrees of progressivism because you know some of some of bernie sanders votes are not that progressive on russia on guns so like he's not just because he's the most progressive in terms of medicare but is he even because elizabeth warren's equally as progressive on that he's not the most progressive like there's different issues Mm -hmm. so it's hard but Yes, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are definitely the most progressive on the ticket this year. Just some fun facts about Kamala. Um, Both Ivanka and Donald of the Trump family um, have donated to her. Um, Apparently, she donated those donations to charity, according to Washington Post and Open Secrets, which is a website that lets users track political donations. In 2011, Trump gave 5000 to her. And in 2013, he donated 1000 I guess he got, he was being cheaper that year. <laughs> and then in 2014, Ivanka donated 2000 Yeah, that's especially funny when you consider the email that he sent yesterday. Like, she's the meanest, most horrible. But then I was like, if you really think that, you would adore her. <laughs> 
Like if you yeah. thought she was the worst person who was mean and horrible and corrupt. Yeah. I'm, that sounds like the kind of person you would donate to. Like I, I was like reluctant how much to blow out that story because you know, I'm so ready for the people that are going to be like, oh, well, that should tell you a lot about who Kamala Harris is, you know, Ugh. but it's so annoying that like, you just can't please everybody. It is annoying, but I, you know, I finally, I'm finally, I've accepted it. It's like, there's You're always going to be one person. Like, I can't because I can't fight with people. So why, why, like, why bother? I mean, yesterday people were responding. Like I tweeted about how just like kind of elliptical statistics about how, like, if you're around our age, you've never voted for a ticket of all white men, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody was like, question the math on it. And then I, I shelled them why they were wrong. She was like, oh, okay. So just three elections. What's the point? Vote third party. And I just like, I had to be like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to, she's not my audience. Sometimes they'll give themselves away. Like someone told me, she's like, you should watch, you should, you should watch InfoWars. They're the only Ah, accurate information. I'm like, what? I know. What? There's a Are you reading about InfoWars on InfoWars? Because if you read about it anywhere else, that's like. Like, have you ever Googled InfoWars? No, it just goes right to InfoWars.com. I uh, wanted to also include a quick update about COVID-19 relief um, because we're also going to have a pre-recorded episode for you guys tomorrow um, with uh, David Litt. I've already mentioned his book like three times on the podcast since we've done the interview. He is a former Obama speechwriter who wrote a really cool book uh, about democracy. And we talk a lot about like, is our democracy functioning right now? Um, and he had he had some somewhat reassuring, somewhat terrifying answers to that. But it doesn't really matter if we can't get to the story tomorrow because Congress isn't coming back until September anyway, and there is no COVID relief bill. I can't believe this. I know. Does no one care? No, Does no one care. care? The answer what? is no one cares. So when you asked yesterday, Nancy Pelosi was asked yesterday if Congress then was not going to make a deal until September, and Nancy Pelosi replied, I hope not. No, people will die. They don't care. They do not care. They do not care. I, for a while, I remember when they were like, we just want to see if the economy gets healthier before we keep giving people money to keep roofs over their heads. And now they're exactly. like, well, let's just wait until I like to take August off. So let's just wait until after that. How's that going? Yeah, right. Not well, bitch. Not well, bitch. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say to that. It is murder. It's How is it not murder. manslaughter by neglect? I know. I thought Kamala Harris did a, a very effective job uh, connecting the tragedy we're going through to Donald Trump and Mike Pence yesterday. I loved how she repeatedly. That's why she's a prosecutor. Mike. I love how she kept saying Mike Pence's name because he wiggles out of a lot of shit. But I just loved how she. It's she's like it's Trump and Pence's government. Trump and Pence did that to you. I loved it. That's smart of her to do. Yeah. You know, something I am happy about, and maybe this is ultimately what does make me so happy, is because you know I oft complain about the tactics that the Democrats employ, that they just don't even do anything. Like the fact that Nancy Pelosi's quote is, I hope not, no, people will die. Right. That is not Not okay. Like I get that you don't really, like why doesn't she use any of the powers they have? They have like contempt, like they have like, they could hold someone in contempt. They can like, they could, there's so many, they could hold hearings. I saw that uh, Sarah Kenzier, my fave, tweeted, they should be, they should have turned C-SPAN into like a a 24 hour like reality show. Yeah. 
make yeah. these people answer hearings into Jared and Ivanka into like the vast amount of corruption and fucked up things they're doing. And I feel that Kamala Harris is one of the few people who understands that, that mm -hmm. understands that like you have to go for the jugular. You can't just like sit around. And even if that means like performance, that a, a lot of it is just like messaging, you have to go for it. Nancy Pelosi being like, people are going to die because of him. Shrug. Yes. That makes it, that yes. makes you seem like you're, let them eat cake. Yeah. She, Kamala Harris is very effective at, because Democrats, a lot of times it's like, we can't, the only way we can fight their ineptitude and blockages and I don't know what's the word for just like not caring about like lack of compassion is we're just like, well, we can't stoop to their level. Yeah. Lack of empathy. But Kamala Harris is effective at, we normally don't have a counterattack because we're just like, well, we can't do, then we're like them. Kamala Harris has a way of having a counterattack that does not make us like them. Like she's just able to come back with it in a way that's like very clear and that I don't know. It just reminds me of like when I was younger and boys that like clearly had Republican parents would like we would would like talk to me in a way that was really gaslighting and dismissive. And I always was kind of just like, well, I guess that sounds right. And I never really knew how to like respond. And I feel like Democrats are still like that. It's like they just sound like the they just sound that people just think they're right because they're so confident in it. But Kamala Harris is really good at just being like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. She can deconstruct it in a way that is often humiliating in a way that's just so satisfying. I also, ugh, I hate to bring this up. Maybe we'll even cut it, but because it might sound miso like misogynistic, but we live in a misogynistic society. I think Donald Trump is confused by her because she is attractive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he's like a smart black woman who I find attractive doesn't compute. Yeah, I know. Well, it's funny because that's what... um when Kaylee McEnany, famously pronounceable name, <laughs> was asked yesterday, um, why did Trump donate to Kamala Harris? And she said, um, you know, he can do whatever he wants. And she said, I will note that Kamala Harris is a black woman and he donated to her campaign. So I hope we can squash ra this racism argument right now. <laughs> and it's like, you know what he probably There's did? No because he thought she was pretty <laughs> and wanted her to like him. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was scared of her. Yeah, She's I mean, we know big. now that you can't do that. I mean, even Obama, this was like one of his few scandals. Uh, he got in trouble for referring to her as attractive. Oh, so, and I just did that. No, no, I mean, I think it's worse. But no, it's, it was bad that Obama did it because he was the president of the United States and he was referring to her. I mean, it's bad when you do it in reference to the job they're trying to do. Like, like don't call an attorney. It's like when Joe, but this isn't as bad as Joe Biden kissing a woman on the head when she's like trying to do her job and is like at a pivotal moment in her, in her life that she'll remember forever. It's the same. It's like you're undermining an attorney general when you call them or yeah, like any sort of prosecutor or public official when you just call like, what they look like. What about when people call like Gavin Newsom hot or when we are like, I think it'd be fine, but like, yeah, like when Kamala Harris is vice president, she shouldn't be calling Gavin Newsom hot. <laughs> Right, right. I guess it's who the person is, but we talk about how hot we were talking about Andrew Cuomo for months. Yeah. So I mean, I think because for men, it doesn't like their appearance have, and what people think about doesn't have any impact on how seriously people take them. Right. Like, Fair. no, we're not at a point yet, or probably will never be where people are like, oh, that guy's good looking. Maybe he's dumb. Right. Not really in public life I don't think. right I guess there is that assumption that stoop for women stupid comes with 
hot and smart comes with ugly. And again, yeah. that, that assumption is what Donald Trump can't get around. So it's because exactly. he's so yeah. stuck in that. He's like, oh shit, she's smart and she's attractive and she's black and she fucking hates me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's a perfect place to end. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Until she's perfect. She's perfect. She's perfect. And he can't stand it. It's great. I know, honestly, because he's probably also like, this is the last thing I'll say, he's probably also like, well, she likes the police too. <laughs> What's wrong with the police? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, until the return of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Fishbein. This is the Betches Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.